Hello, I'm Maria Moore, State Director for AARP Nevada, and I want to welcome you to this important discussion about identity theft and fraud. AARP, a nonprofit, nonpartisan member organization, has been working to promote the health and well-being of older Americans for more than 60 years. Throughout the pandemic, AARP has continued to provide information and resources to help older adults and those caring for them. We have received calls about various scams, both new and old. We want to underline the need to be extra cautious as criminals continue to use what is happening right now to fool you and separate you from your money and personal information. Whether it's over the phone, through the mail, online, or at your front door, scam artists are out there, and they are looking for new ways to get you and your loved one's personal information and for you to open up your wallet. If you've participated in one of our teletongue halls before, you know this is similar to a radio talk show, and you have the opportunity to ask questions live. Today, we will discuss how you can stay informed and protect yourself from criminals who are trying to steal your money and personal information. We will hear from the Senior Deputy Attorney, Attorney General Whitney DeGesti of the Office of the Attorney General and Attorney Emily Wu of the FTC's Division of Consumer and Business Education. They will address questions and discuss the most recent identity theft and fraud scams and provide tips on how to protect yourself. This call is an opportunity to learn, ask questions, get answers from the Attorney General's Office and the Federal Trade Commission about identity theft scams. At this time, we'd like to ask our listeners to Suppose questions, ask questions. Have you ever been, we'll, we'll launch a poll. This is a poll for all of you out there. So the poll question is, have you ever been a victim of identity theft or fraud? Press one on your telephone keypad if yes, you have been a victim of ID theft fraud. Press two on your telephone keypad if no, you have not been a victim of identity theft. That question again, have you ever been a victim of identity theft or fraud? Press one on your telephone keypad if yes, if you've been a victim of ID theft fraud. Press two on your telephone keypad if no, you have not been an, a victim of identity theft. We will discuss the poll results in just a few <coughs> minutes. If you'd like to ask our guest a question, now is the time to press star three on your telephone keypad to be connected with an ARP staff member who will note your name and question and place you in queue to ask your question live. Again, to ask a question, please press star three. As I noted earlier, we are so fortunate to have with us today Senior Deputy Attorney General Whitney DeGesti of the Office of the Attorney General and Attorney Emily Wu of the FTC's Division of Consumer and Business Education. I want to thank you both for taking time out of your very busy schedule to speak with our members today. We want to give our guests a chance to provide a brief overview of the situation here in Nevada regarding identity theft and scams and answer some questions many of our members have, such as who can I trust, what to look for, how can I protect myself? What are the Nevada Attorney General's Office and FTC doing to protect us? After we hear from our guests, we will spend the rest of the time answering your questions. So again, if you have a question about fraud and scams related to identity theft, 
please press star three on your telephone keypad now, and you will be connected to one of our staff who will place you in queue. But first, let me welcome Mr. Jesty. Please give our audience an overview of what you're seeing here in Nevada, how people can protect themselves, and how to contact your office should they experience a scam or fraud incident. Jesty? Yes, hi, good morning. Thank you for inviting me to speak today. First, we want to let you know that this recording will be available through AARP's website in case you miss anything or want to listen again. You may also visit the Nevada Attorney General's website after the Teletown Hall for important information about protecting you, your loved ones, and your wallet during these uncertain times. The Attorney General's website is ag.nv.gov. The Nevada Attorney General's office is and remains diligent in detecting, investigating, and prosecuting wrongdoing related to identity theft and fraud. Every day, Nevada seniors are targeted with fraudulent robocalls, emails, and a variety of other scams, seeking to exploit them and steal their hard-earned life savings. Fraud and scams um, targeted as elderly are serious and pervasive. Uh, We will talk more specifically about several scams we've been seeing uh, to, uh, to be on the lookout for throughout this program. And remember, scammers don't take breaks and they continue to use new methods. We urge you to stay alert and stay informed about common fraud schemes. And if you think that you've been a victim of a fraud um, or scam, contact our office or file a complaint at, on our website. And there is also the Nevada Attorney General's Bureau of Consumer Protection Hotline, which is um, 702 I can provide that information at the end as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ms. Jesse. But before we hear from Ms. Wu, um, I'd like to invite Riley Franco on our team. She, she's our Director of Outreach and leads our fraud work, fraud prevention work, I should say. I'd like her to share the results of her poll. Riley? Absolutely, Maria. So to, to recap, our question was, have you ever been the victim of identity theft or fraud? And 31% of our listeners said, yes, they have been an identity theft victim. That is, that is, it goes to show that perhaps our teletalk halls and our information we give out there may be um, saving some of our members from being scammed. So now I'd like to welcome um, attorney Emily Wu of the FTC's Division of Consumer and Business Education. Ms. Wu, please give our audience an overview of what you're seeing here in Nevada, how people can protect themselves, and how to report identity theft to the FTC. Because as we saw from our poll, we still have 31% who said, yes, they, they have been victims of fraud. Ms. Wu? Um, thank you, Maria, and hello, everyone. I'm delighted to be here to talk with you today. Um, as, many as, you know, as many of you know, identity theft is what happens when someone uses your social security number or other personal information to open new accounts, buy things, or maybe even claim your tax refund as their own. Last year, the Federal Trade Commission received 1.4 million reports of identity theft. That's double the number from 2019. Of the reports last year, nearly 23,000 came from Nevada. That may not sound like a lot in the scheme of things, but accounting for population, Nevada was a state with the fourth ranking, highest ranking in identity theft reports. 
Kansas ranked as number one and South Dakota ranked as number 50. It's definitely a list where you want to be at the bottom. Identity theft can happen to anyone, regardless of age. Last year, more than 42% of the identity theft reports to the FTC came from people who were age 50 or older. However, we received reports of identity theft from people of all ages, and the age group that had the most reports was people in their 40s. Today, you can find out about things like the warning signs of identity theft, what to do if it happens to you, and steps you can take to protect yourself. It's important to know that identity theft can happen no matter how careful you are, but protecting your personal and financial information will lessen the chances of it happening to you. But what if it does happen to you? You can visit identitytheft.gov. That's the federal government's one-stop website for reporting identity theft to the Federal Trade Commission and getting recovery help. It has a step or it has step-by-step instructions for recovering from more than 30 different types of identity theft. The website will produce a personal recovery plan for you based on the type of identity theft that happened. It will also produce an identity theft report for you. In most cases, you can use that report to have credit bureaus clear your credit files of fraudulent accounts and other fake information that appears in your files due to the identity theft. And identitytheft.gov is available in both English and Spanish. Thank you so much. It seems um, that we already got some great information on preventing fraud and protecting ourselves. If you're just joining us, my name is Maria Moore, State Director for AARP Nevada, and you're listening to a town hall meeting discussing ways to protect yourself from identity theft and fraud. If you'd like to ask a question about identity theft and fraud, any question related to this topic, please press star three on your telephone. Again, um, we have operators standing by, staff, ARP standing by to take your questions. Please press star three. So Riley, let's go to the the phone lines right away and take our first caller. Absolutely. Our first caller is Mary from Carson City. Mary, go ahead with your question. Hi. It seems like every day we hear about a new data breach in the news. Um, Is there anything I can do to protect my information? And then how do I know what information the scammers got? And that question, I'll I'll pose it to both of you. Okay. Um, Emily, do you want to go ahead? Sure. so there there are the yes and no you can protect your information but at times you may not be able to because sometimes a data breach happens on a company level for example like maybe around 2013 you might have heard of the target data breach um there could also be the equifax data breach or the facebook data breach and sometimes if your information is with the company and the data breach happened on that level, you may not be able to prevent it from happening there. However, um, you can also prevent it from happening to you by making sure that any devices you use to log on online are secured and that you use secure Wi-Fi. Um, sometimes um, 
you when your data breach or the data breach happens on the company level, you could um, get some services like credit monitoring services to um, to make sure that or to get alerted when something happens with your credit. You could also uh, monitor your own credit report at annualcreditreport.com or call one eight seven seven three two two eight two two eight. Um, and just check your reports for things like credit inquiries, things you didn't apply for, and changes that don't make sense to you. Those may be signs that your, um, your data was compromised. Yes, and this is Thank you. Whitney DeJesse from the uh, Attorney General's Office. And just to add on to what uh, Emily already said, on the front end, in it's hard when, you're, when your information is out there. Uh, data breaches, unfortunately, happen. There are scammers um, trying to steal information from um, any sort of companies online all the time. So I would just say as a general rule, don't give out your personal information unless absolutely necessary. Talk to whatever business you are working with and see if you do need to give your social security number on that application and things like that. Um, and then on the back end, Emily covered most of the main things that we would say just uh, watch your, your bank statements and your credit card statements frequently. See if there's any sort of um, uh, strange activity on it so you can kind of get ahead of the fraudsters if they have if there is some sort of data breach and you can stop it before um, a lot of uh, a lot of harm is done um, I think that that answers the question let me know if you need any follow-up thank you so much and in today's environment with all the apps that we can get on our phones and our computers we can really check our bank accounts um, all day long if we'd like so that does help absolutely but i'd like to yeah i'd like to remind you if you're just joining us i'm maria moore with arp nevada and we are talking about um, identity theft and fraud and so if you'd like to ask a question about this topic identity theft and fraud please press star three on your telephone and riley let's take another question please Absolutely. Our next question comes from Gail in Henderson. Gail, go ahead with your question. Hi. I receive a lot of junk mail, offers for credit cards, loans, different things that get thrown out. Does blacking out my name and address protect me from potential identity theft? Um. Should we go, just go ahead and answer the question, Maria? Yeah. Yes, please. Okay. Um, so, yes, blacking out might help protect you from um, potential identity theft. We would recommend just shredding or destroying the document completely once you don't need it. Um, anything that, um, I guess, still exists out there um, potentially could be picked up by a dumpster diver. Absolutely. Same. This is Whitney. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Marie. No, um, my follow-up question um, to that is, we um, when we were doing in person until today, we have pens that um, can't be washed out. So, how safe are those to use so that they can't wash out your check? Because we're blocking out the names, but then we're being 
proactive in not having the check washed out using these these pens that really cut into the paper. And that's for any one of you. Okay. Uh, well, that's sorry, an in- um, interesting question. So, yeah, can you can you kind of elaborate on what you mean by that? So, there's pen- there are pens that do what? We have pens, and I'll have Riley talk a little bit more about this because we use it a lot in our fraud presentation. So, Riley, if you can talk a little bit more about what we're doing to help our members, and that's one of the things we do give away. Sure. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, so, so what Maria is referring to is we have um, heavy ink gel pens that are, uh, as we know, um, uh, help us prevent fraud when we're writing checks or things like that because fraudsters are not uh, able to wash the checks as they would be with ballpoint ink. Um, so, Marie, I believe that's what you're referring to? Correct, yes. So, my my question is, here we're blocking out our names of our information, but now our checks can't be washed out and they have our signatures. So, um, I guess, should we be doing both things, washing out our name, using our gel, our, our ink gel pens so that we're trying to be really, really safe. And I didn't mean to derail the question that was asked about blocking out our name. And I know, Ms. Wu, you were going to follow up with that. But wanted our listeners to know that those kinds of things are available that are an added protection, if nothing else. Right. Um, that's Yeah, that sounds really great to be able to make sure that your check is what you meant to have on the check. Um, when you when you yourself are getting rid of documents, I would just say uh, make sure it's destroyed, and that could mean shredding it, um, blacking out your name and address might potentially um, make the the information unreadable, and so that could constitute destroying it as well. Um, however, if you really want to be safe, you you might want to do both. Thank you. Any any follow-up um, responses from any of our um, hosts today? I, I was just going to say what Emily said, absolutely true. The more um, you can do to make sure that your information is not out there for someone to potentially compromise is um, better. I always try to shred all of my personal documents, and I think that, that I did not know that that pen existed, and now I kind of want to try one. So I think that's a wonderful idea. Thank you. And I know that um, when I mentioned checks, a lot of us don't do checks anymore, um, but we do have a large um, percentage of our members who still do checks, and I, I also do checks from time to time when I'm forced to. So, Riley, um, again, before <laughs> we go to Riley for another question, let's remind our, our, our members today who are on the call, if you have a question for regarding identity theft for our guest today, please um, press start through in your telephone pad. You will be put through to one of our ARP staff members, and you'll be able to ask your question live of our guest today. And and um, Riley, let's go to another question, please. Sure. Our next caller is Gus from Henderson. Uh, Gus, go ahead with your question. Yes. I. Uh, good morning. I heard that the IRS is asking people to provide some kind of PIN now to prevent fraudulent tax filing. Is this true? 
Um, yes. This yes. is um, what you the did I, see with oh, the... Sorry, go ahead. Um, sorry, um, wait, you should go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yes, that is true. Um, I The IRS is providing uh, taxpayers with, it sounds like it's a six-digit number assigned to them, and that is just to prevent having to use their social security number and have that out, um, uh, with, you know, potentially being compromised. And this PIN, this PIN number is generated each year for each tax, new tax filing to try to make sure that uh, the person's identity is not compromised. Yeah, um, and, and um um, if you um, if you want to opt into this, you can go to irs.gov/ippin so slash ippin for um, to register for this um, pin number with the IRS. Thank you so much. And and Mr. Jesse, I have a question for you because this is really local. Um, while we were preparing for this um, discussion with our members, the news just a couple of days ago started to talk about DMV fraud and appointment frauds. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that, as that is very um, up-to-the-minute latest scam going around? Yeah, I um, that is a very recent news scam that we've seen, and it just seems like scammers are always trying to you know, change it up. They use the old tricks, but they try new variations of it. And that is a recent one. Uh, they have been, um, there's been illegitimate messages sent asking the recipients to update their driver's license or um, uh, talk about, it talks about appointments uh, and they're all fraudulent. Um, it's really just trying to get the uh, recipient's information. And money, actually. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, and that's 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 really once they have your information, they they have it for life. So thank you for that. Um, as a reminder, please press star three on your telephone keypad um, if you'd like to ask a question of our guest today, Senior Deputy Attorney General Whitney DeJesty of the Office of the Attorney General, and Attorney Emily Wu of the FTC's Division of Consumer and business education, who will answer those questions live. Press three if you have a question. So Ms. Wu, I do have a question. Um, um, I think this is would be more directed to you. You can see from our poll that many listeners have been victims of ID theft and fraud. This is not surprising considering that the Consumer Sentinel Network data book ranked Nevada first in reported fraud and scams in 2020. Can you tell us a few things to look that may indicate that our identities may have been stolen? Yes. So there are several warning signs and um, other things to look out for. So one of the things is when you're looking at your bank account, you may see withdrawals that you can't explain and that you didn't make yourself. Um, if you stop getting bills or other things you expect in the mail that may be because someone redirected your bills to another address. Um, sometimes when you're paying by check or credit card at a store, if the merchant refuses your check or credit, or sorry, debit card, um, that may be a sign that your identity was stolen. Um, sometimes 
people find out that their identity was stolen because debt collectors start to call you about debts that aren't yours. Um, And when you check your credit report, you may find unfamiliar accounts or charges there or loans opened in your name or like maybe even a phone line opened in your name. Um, It's also possible that medical providers will bill you for services that you didn't use. Um, and the IRS may notify you that more than one tax return was filed in your name or that you have income from an employer you didn't work for. Um, and like we said before, you may get noticed that your information was compromised by a data breach at a company where you do have business or have an account. Thank you. And Mr. Jesse, do you have anything to add? Oh man, her answer was so thorough. I uh, it was great. I do not. Thank you. Again, if you're just joining us, I'm Maria Moore, State Director for ARP Nevada, and we're you're listening to a live teleton call meeting discussion on ways to protect yourself from ID theft and fraud. If you have a question, please press star three on your telephone keypad. And at this time, we'll go to another caller, Riley. Yes, our next call is from. Uh, Marla in North Las Vegas. Marla, please go ahead with your question. Thank you so much for taking my question. Um, It also has to do with um, unemployment. Uh, A dear friend of mine found out that her identity had been stolen when she received her unemployment debit card in the mail. Somebody had filed um, for unemployment using her name, but also used her address. And so she found out uh, the same day that she received the debit card, she found out from her employer that he had received a letter um, asking for confirmation of her unemployment dates. She filed the complaint online, or she filed a report online. And the question is this, she's been unable to get anybody on the phone there, um, and she did not get any confirmation of filing the fraud report, how can she be certain that the fraud complaint was filed and that something will be done about it or, I don't know, maybe they won't be, but how does she know that she's done all she can do that she needs to advise him? And Mr. Jesse, we'll start with you. Sure. So just to get a good understanding, so she filed the complaint. Can you repeat with whom? I'm sorry, Mr. Jesse, the caller is no longer uh, able to speak live. Um, If you could give her some general information and we can always follow up with her. Sure. So if she filed it with um, uh, the unemployment office, there's no way for the attorney general's office to know what the status of that complaint is there, but um, there's always she can separately file a fraud complaint with our office and that for that you just go on our website uh, at ag.nb.gov. I'm so sorry that happened to her and um, I do hope that it is processed and um, handled efficiently and thoroughly. Um, I do know that if she files something with our office, we will be diligent in um, trying to help her. We can even um, potentially send it off to uh, someone else who can help her better, depending upon the specific facts. We really appreciate that. Masu, do you have um, any addition to that question? 
Um, yes. So if if the I guess person whose identity was stolen for unemployment insurance benefits went to the state workforce agency, they might also need to check to see if they needed a correct a corrected tax form, like a 1099G tax form, um, because if you like to if the state employment or state workforce agency thinks that um, you receive these these benefits, it may um, they they would have sent you a 1099G tax form. Um, but make sure that when you do file for taxes, don't include any income you didn't actually receive. And to, to get that re, uh, corrected 1099G from the state workforce agency. And you can go to a website, um, dol.gov slash fraud to find a list of all the state workforce agencies in this country, and um, and it sounds like um, the person that this happened to, like their empl- employer, might have already known. But if it does happen to you, and you're and you find out either because you were mailed a 1099G that you for for insurance benefits you didn't receive, um, then you should you could probably report it to your employer. Um, you may also find out like that this happened because you yourself applied for unemployment benefits only to find out that someone else is already receiving these um, these benefits in your name. Um, and another thing you can do to recover from this kind of incident is go to identitytheft.gov slash unemployment insurance. You can also get there by just going to identitytheft.gov and there's a green box you can click on to get there. And it will take you through the steps at what you should be doing if this happens to you. Wow, this is really um, a, a, a scam that just keeps um, keeps on giving. It's, it's so sad to hear, but we've had a lot of calls like that. So I really appreciate you both giving us your thoughts on this type of scam. We do have a lot of questions coming in. So, Riley, let's take another question, please. Absolutely. Our next call is from Andrea in North Las Vegas. Andrea, please go ahead with your uh, question. Yes. How do I protect myself as a recent widow from fraud? And I'll start with Ms. Wu this time. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things you can do to protect yourself, um, but also um, as a recent widow, maybe the information of your, um, your and I'm very sorry to hear, your departed spouse um, as well to make sure that um, their identity is not being used. Um, so, um, Whitney, do you want to continue or should I go on about um, how to protect yourself. Please go ahead. That, that's, okay. That's important. Thank you. Um, so there's there's several things you can do, and we already mentioned um, a lot of it, is that there's information about yourself to protect both offline and online. So if you're if documents offline, um, make sure to lock your financial documents and records in a safe place at home, especially if you 
either don't live alone or you have people coming in and out of your home. For example, like you may not want to leave your financial statements just lying out on the desk. Once you're done with something that you've looked at, just make sure that anything that has your personal information on it is kept in a safe place um, so that someone who may come across it may not just pick it up and use it. Um, when you go out, make sure to limit what you carry on your person. Um, take only the identification, credit, and debit cards that you need. Um, for example, you don't need your Social Security card on you at all times. You can leave that at home in a safe place. Um, when, for, when you're interacting with other people, you can be careful about what you share. Um, so if you need to share certain things at, like, your workplace or a business, um, maybe your child's school or a doctor's office, ask why they need it and how they will safeguard it and um, if they actually, like, need that information for anything important. For example, like, if you don't share it, maybe they don't need it. Um, and what the consequences of, of not sharing that information are. Um, like we said before, shred everything you don't need anymore that has your personal information on it. And another thing to watch out for is to protect your mail. So when you're sending mail out, like, for example, mailing out your tax return, take it to the post office um, because people know that, like, around this time, people may be sending in their tax returns. They may be going through um, accessible mailboxes to find um, this information. And another thing to do is to make sure to remove the mail that arrives in your mailbox on a regular basis. And if you won't be home for several days, request a vacation hold with the U.S. Postal Service. Um, and you can also, um, like I said before, <laughs> check your credit reports. That is something you can do proactively to make sure that something doesn't look fishy. You can go to annualcreditreport.com to get your credit report. Um, Whitney, do you want to um, address sure. how to keep your your stuff safe online? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything you. to add? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, and I uh, also apologize and my thoughts go out to you as um, you recently lost your loved one, it sounds like. I'm so sorry. And I just wanted to add, uh, always having a strong password, probably changing uh, the password um, for anything on your um, y'all's joint accounts, any accounts that you have. A lot of the time we just use passwords that we can remember and uh, that, you know, can easily just be like come up if, if we need to add a new password, but that is not advised by our office. Uh, we recommend, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, it's hard to remember them, but those, those combos of uh, random letters and numbers and characters that make no sense and don't, they're not your pet's name or anything, those are always stronger and harder to crack because that, your passwords are your first line of defense against online fraudsters. And then another thing that came to mind that I um, wanted to touch on is um, be wary of what we have uh, deemed uh, romance scams and uh, fraudsters who are trying to get someone through a romance scam, it, they're often looking at someone who is 
single or recently divorced or, or unfortunately widowed. Um, they seem to have no mercy. Um, and what they do is they sort of a feign uh, and a love intention, and they try to build a relationship with uh, someone who seems vulnerable, quite frankly, um, online through um, online apps or even through just email and a lot of the time just social different social media platforms. And once they've gained the victim's trust, they will ask for money saying, you know, there's a lot of the time a, a sob story, they lost their job or they need money for rent or their child needs money or something like that. And then they end up getting um, actually a lot of money. They're very successful when it does work, unfortunately. Um, it's not as uh, frequent of a scam, but when it does work for them, they get a lot of money from the victims, unfortunately. So I would just say to protect yourself from romance scams, I would just be wary of everyone that you meet online. Um, I know that it's... I'm, I'm sure it's a very hard time for you, but I would just say um, just be cautious of who you meet and what their true intentions are. Don't give out your personal information on social media sites or over email, to, and just don't give out your personal information over the phone or online unless you absolutely have to and you know it's some sort of official entity. And... Um, yeah, just be wary of people who try to isolate you from other people because if you're talking to a loved one and, and you're telling them about this person that you met online and it sounds too good to be true or just sounds odd and your your friends or your family are picking up on that, there's probably something to that. So just always talk to loved ones and people you know to try to to get a good handle on what's going on. Thank you so much, Ms. Jesse. I I, can, I hear you. I became a widow um, many, many moons ago, and I the best thing I did was surround myself with people I people I could trust. Um, and and because we are vulnerable at that time, and mountains of paperwork come in. So let's let's we have some terrific questions still waiting to be answered. So Riley, let's take another question, please. Absolutely. Let's go to Barbara from Zephyr Cove. Barbara, go ahead with your question. Hi. I've been called several times by people claiming to be the Social Security office saying that my credit card number has been used in a fraud, they think, and would I please give them my credit card number so they can check. The first call came saying it was from Texas that the fraud was being done in. And I don't know why. I usually don't do this, but I, I gave them I asked them for the 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 last four digits of the phone number of the social security number that had been used. And they said they were not allowed to give it to me. I had to give them mine. I don't know why, but I did, and they said, no, that's not the the one that's being used and hung up. I've never no, had any any kind of, I check my bank statements. I actually make them come on paper as well and save every receipt in an envelope and check them all off, and 
I have had absolute, and I keep my eyes on my bank account and all the other things you were just talking about, I do. And I don't do Facebook. I have no social platform. I am single, uh, divorced, but that's 18 years ago. Uh, I've been living alone, so I know how to be careful. But anyway, they hung up. Then I've had several more people call saying the same thing. Social Security office, somebody's using blah, blah, blah. And I've never given them my phone number again. I've hung up on them. Is this a scam? Or am I correct that Social Security and the IRS do never call you on the phone? They send you a letter? So, Ms. Sewell, we'll start with you for an answer to that question that we frequently hear. Yeah, um, so you correctly identified it as a scam. Um, one thing that we do recommend is that when um, you do get a call like that, not to engage with the person or press any number, um, it often means that they know there's a live person at the other end of your number. and they um, then may sell your number that they were able to get through onto other robocallers or other people who are trying to perpetuate the scam or this type of scam. And um, so once you, once you get one of these phone calls and then engage with them, you may be subject to more because of that phenomenon. Um, one thing I would recommend if you're worried about um, just giving out the last four of your social is to go to identitytheft.gov. There you can uh, click through and you can see that there are options. Like, for example, there's an option that says someone has my information or tried to use it and I'm worried about identity theft. So it sounds like you're already taking a lot of steps to monitor like your credit report, check your bank statements. Um, this website may give you a few more steps to take um, to just um, to make sure that um, if someone does have your information, what else you can do to prevent it from being used or uh, to safeguard it further. Um, I, um, I would suggest um, if you feel so inclined uh, to report this um, this robocall or this telemarketing call to um, scam to um, reportfraud.ftc.gov. Um, and every report you can file about these kinds of scams that you, you uh, receive are helpful to your community and help protect other people from um, this type of scam. And Mr. Jesse, I know that you must receive lots of these um, calls. So anything to add to what Ms. Wu just said? Sure. Uh, so the, the ultimate question that she had, was this a scam? Uh, like Ms. Wu said, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's very likely that it was. Um, if it's an authorized Social Security office, they would never call asking for information or trying to collect any sort of money or anything like that. They would, uh, they usually correspond through official letters that you will be able to tell that are official and you can call and speak to the official office with the number that they provide. Um, they would never ask for any sort of debit cards or any sort of payment. And um, 
they wouldn't be disrespectful in any way. I know that sounds really general, but you can kind of tell the difference between the way a person uh, who is a scammer on the phone talks versus a legitimate office. Um, they they will just they won't use scare tactics. They will always be respectful. So uh, to answer your question, was it a scam? Yes. Uh, I think Ms. Wu hit on all of the things that uh, you should do if you think that you have already become a victim. And I would just uh, reiterate to to definitely file a complaint uh, with the FTC and with the AG's office if you do believe that you are. And um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to add. I just um, just just be wary of of people who call or text, there's always a new scam. And so it doesn't hurt to be too cautious and hang up the phone or refuse to talk to them or uh, or not answer the text because if it's something like the Social Security Office or the IRS, you can go online and find the official phone number and website and contact them back so it doesn't ever hurt to just hang up the phone. Thank you so much. As you can hear, we work closely with our partners. Um, we bring guests to our members. But here at ARP Nevada, we also are trying to do our part to inform and have conversations with our members. And I'd like to give Riley, our lead on the fraud prevention work, the director of um, outreach, an opportunity to talk a little bit about what we're offering to our members and the community. Riley? Yes, thank you, Maria. So we know Americans lose money and control of their personal information through various scams and frauds every day, but AARP is here to help you combat those scams. So I want to remind our listeners that AARP um, and the AARP Fraud Watch Network is designed to provide both national and local information to help protect you. Um, we can help protect you, your family, and your friends from identity theft and fraud. With the Fraud Watch Network, you can uh, call our toll-free helpline at 1-877-908-3360 if you or a loved one suspect a scam. Our team of fraud fighters has the real-world tips and tools to help protect you and your loved ones. You can also sign up to get the latest fraud alerts by calling our toll-free helpline. Again, that number is 1-877-908-3360. And I also encourage you to join us uh, at AARP Nevada for special virtual events on many different topics. You can visit our website at www.aarp.org slash Nevada for information on upcoming virtual events, which include many topics about fraud and protecting yourself from fraud and scams. Thank, thank you, that, Riley. Oh, thank sorry. you. I'm sorry. Um, so Riley, um, do we can we take another call because I know that there were some really great calls callers on uh, in queue. Can we take another call at this time? Absolutely. So let's take a call from Sandy in Sparks. Sandy, go ahead with your question. Yes, um, I have a question. Um, can you give me uh, any advice uh, as to what I can do? 
if you know that your um, birth certificate was stolen from your house? At, we'll start with you, Mr. Jesse. Oh, wow. Um, that is very unfortunate. I would, um, off the top of my head, and I apologize, I don't have a very thought-out answer to this, but off the top of my head, I would report it, and I would uh, I would report it to the uh, official records office and uh, try to get a new one, and I would uh, report it to potentially the police uh, and uh, definitely the attorney general's office. And Ms. Wu? Um, this is, um, again, uh, I, I think that you're um, on top of what Mr. Um, Jesse said. There, um, one way to try to safeguard the information you know is out there is to go to identitytheft.gov, and that system will lead you through a variety of questions um, to pinpoint what you lost, what information was exposed, and how you can try to um, to safeguard yourself in that circumstance. So, um, like I said before, you can go to um, the first page of identitytheft.gov, and once you get started, it will ask you a series of questions. Um, for example, with your um, birth certificate being stolen, you can um, go to the arrow that says, I want to report another type of identity theft, or someone has my information and I'm worried about identity theft. As you can see, um, these cameras never miss a trick and they're always ahead of us. Um, and every single day you hear in the news, I can only imagine what gets called in to you uh, at the Attorney General's office, Mr. Jesse, because um, we have had you several times and every time you come on, um, it, it, is, it is tough. So at this time, I, I really want to um, have Ms. Wu, if we can start with you, give us, um, repeat some resources a, a little slower so we can have time to write them. We'll start with you and then Mr. Jesse will go with you so that folks can actually uh, make a note of some of those resources. You can repeat them. Thank you. Ms. Sure. Um, so, like I said just now, um, identitytheft.gov is the website to go to for any reason that you think your identity was compromised or any of your personal or financial information may have been taken or used by someone for any reason. And that site will give you um, not only steps to take yourself, but also the ability to file reports with the necessary agencies. So if you start there, it'll give you an action plan and um, just really take you through um, each thing you should do as a result of the incident. Um, as I said before, if you need, if you find that someone has filed for unemployment benefits in your name, um, go to dol.gov slash fraud to find a list of the state workforce agencies. Um, and I guess, for Nevada, it will be in that list as well, um, just to report it to that agency and check to see if you need um, any corrected documents and um, 
and to file your taxes correctly without reporting anything you did not actually receive. Um, I, another uh, resource is identitytheft.gov slash data breach. If your information was exposed in a data breach, uh, that will specifically tell you what to do in that circumstance. And to, to proactively check um, to see if your identity has been stolen, the best thing to do is go to annualcreditreport.com to make sure that no one has opened a new account in your name when you check your credit report. And even though it says annualcreditreport.com, until April 20th, 2022, so about a year from now, there are free weekly credit reports from all three credit bureaus. Thank you so much. That That is, I picked that tip up today from you. Mr. Jesse, if you can um, repeat some of those um, um, resources for a caller so that they can make note of them. That would really help us. Sure. So Emily took all the good ones. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm just going to <laughs> I'm just going to add that um you can always file with our office and it, it's highly recommended to if you think that you've been a victim of identity theft along with the FTC um file a complaint. And our our website is ag.nd.gov, and then it's forward slash complaints to file a complaint. And then our we have a Bureau of Consumer Protection hotline, which um, they will answer, and then they will direct you on what to do and how to file a complaint and things like that. But that number, and I'll I'll say it slowly, 702-486-3000. And then also our general office, um, they can also guide you to uh, who may be able to help. And that number is area code 775-684-1100. Thank you so much. And from ARP's part and here at ARP Nevada, I want to encourage everyone to um, call the Fraud Watch Network Helpline at 877-908-3360 because ARP works with all of our partners to help you get to the right person. Again, the Fraud Watch Helpline is 877-908-3360. And we work with partners and we will try to direct you to the right person. I want to thank you very much for having us here today. I want to th for more information on identity theft, please visit the ftc.gov slash identity theft and all those wonderful resources that our host gave us today. Um, again, thank you, Mr. Jesse and Ms. Wu for your time and expertise today. And I want to especially thank our ARP members, volunteers, and listeners for participating in this discussion. We really had some some deep questions today, and for that, I really appreciate the education. Remember, vigilance is our number one weapon against fraud and scams. Joining the AARP Fraud Watch Network is a great way to learn about ways to protect you and your loved ones. If you haven't had a chance to sign up, you can call our Fraud Watch Network helpline toll-free at 877-908-3360 and press option 1 to sign up and add your address to the Fraud Watch mailing list. That's 1-877-908-3360. 
You can also sign up by visiting aarp.org slash broadwatchnetwork. AARP, a nonprofit, nonpartisan member organization, has been working to promote the health and well-being of older Americans for more than 60 years. You can find more information about upcoming virtual events with AARP Nevada at www.aarp.org nv. Thank you for joining us today. Please take care, stay safe, and be well. This concludes our calls.